what's up? This is uh, future editing Amy. Oh, I guess this is still past editing Amy, but like it's in the future of the podcast. Time is weird. Anyway, I uh, just wanted to kind of update you guys that we had some little minor technical difficulties, mainly in my internet being poop. But um, I end up being a little bit uh, quiet and Shannon's a little bit loud. I kind of leveled it out a bit, so we should be pretty groovy. And uh, there are a couple of times where we get some robot voices that I had to edit out, but it should flow pretty smoothly. Uh, also wanted to pop in and say that we're going to be doing a Star Wars uh, kind of themed episode next week. So if you have anything to uh, you want to add or anything you'd like us to kind of cover in that, uh, let us know. Once again, our Instagram is uh, next to nerds. You can search us on there and find us. And uh, we're on Twitter as well at next underscore nerd. So thank you again for listening, and enjoy the episode. Bye! Shannon and I also have tea and I put on real clothes today. Yay! Hooray <laughs> for real clothes. It's a step, you know? It's an important step. And if that's <laughs> the only thing that you can do in your day, then that's like, that's pretty darn good. That's better than I've been some days, so. Yeah, the tiny accomplishments <laughs> totally count. Tiny, any accomplishment, no matter how small, no matter how small counts. Like, I went for a walk the other day when it, nice. wasn't, when it wasn't all rainy and kind of gross like today is. And um, I, 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 I uh, had a friend try to come along with us. You had a friend, a walking yeah. friend. Yeah, we were, well, I was walking, I was walking with my mom, and um, we saw a little lizard on the ground. Aww. And he was super cute, because I love, I love little animals of all kinds, except for bugs and spiders. <laughs> but, you know, that's why I like lizards. So I was like, I was getting up close trying to see what kind of lizard it was, and he starts like, you know, running around a little bit, and I was like, oh, don't worry, he's not gonna like try and crawl on us, and he, he freaking decides that, hello, I would like to come home with you, and like crawls up my leg. Oh, <laughs> he wanted to be your friend. He wanted to be my friend, but you know, you could bring I him home and make him little outfits, and oh my god, that would have been great, but you know, it's I'm in my position right now, I really can't afford to have a child. So, I have it's to... important to be fiscally solvent before one has a family. I wasn't. I wouldn't have been able to give him the life that he needed. Couldn't send him to Lizard University. Exactly the life that he deserved. So I had to let him go. <laughs> I had to sort of like shinny him off my leg with a piece piece of branch. Oh. <laughs> he really wanted to come along. I was very tempted to like get my phone out and take a picture, but then I, he, I was like, the minute I do that, he's gonna, like, crawl up my back, and then that, then we're gonna have a problem. So. <laughs> well, I'm glad you made a friend and had a walk. Those are all good things. Yeah, that was a pretty, pretty good thing. How about you? What, what's anything, I have, I have another thing to talk about this week, but what else? Any, any kind of fun thing that you got into this week? Um, we were, my, my big excitement this week was honestly the new episode of What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah, um, I didn't watch it. yeah, it's it's so good. It's a show based on the movie, and the show is also produced by Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement. And, and it's also it's a good people, yeah. A whole new group of vampires living in a house in America, 
and uh, Matt Berry is one of the vampires, and love him. Um, there's lots of cool guest stars. Craig Robinson shows up on this season um, from The Office. He's Daryl, for those who okay. don't know. Yeah, I, I, it so, took me a minute to actually think of who that was, too. So, <laughs> Not not everyone is as obsessed with um, the actors from The Office as me, so it's forgivable. <laughs> I'm just real bad with names of people sometimes. I'm right, just yeah. who I am. It's like, oh, that guy! See, that guy with the face. Yeah, but that, it, it's such a great show. It's just, I initially I was super nervous about it because I love the movie so much, but right. the show is absolutely brilliant, and it, it, like, I laugh until I cry at every episode, so yeah. I've been looking forward to that every week, and this week there was a new episode, so I watched it with my husband, and we laughed, and, I have to get into you know, it. And it was a good time, so I would, I would totally recommend that, um, and the Parks and Rec reunion, too, that was great. Yeah, I, I also missed that. I need to, I've, I've had the thing with not really, like, being into TV and not having, I don't have, like, a TV set up up here that actually connects to any kind of cable. So, right, right, right. Which is fine. I don't really need it, but, you know, for things Yeah, like I this. mean, cable cable's not that great. Like, most of the stuff that we do, we do streaming, um, mm. like, through streaming services, but um, the Parks and Rec people actually put up the reunion episode on YouTube now, so. Bless them. Yeah, so now everyone can watch it. So it's up on the Parks and Rec YouTube. If you just search for that, the full episode is up there, and it it gave me all the feels. I definitely cried, but it was like a happy cry. Yeah. Um, it was nice to see those familiar faces and you know, Aww. hang out with them for a little bit. So those those were like my two happy things this week. Just like little tiny moments of respite where I could just sit and like watch people be funny. So that was good. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that was a fun time. So sweet. How about you? Well, the I, I'm going to try really hard not to talk about the Final Fantasy VII remake every week, I swear. It's okay. <laughs> it's I kind swear. Of a big deal. <laughs> there are other things that I will try to talk about, but oh man, I'm just so, it's so on my jams right now. Yeah. And I just want to say real quick that um, I hadn't played it the, the last time I talked to you last week, but um, I, I did. I'm, I'm almost finished with the part of the game that is available right now. I just really don't want to finish it. I, <laughs> right, because then there's no more for a while. So. Right, so I, I haven't <laughs> played in a couple of days just because I've been like, I don't want it to go away. <laughs> You're trying to savor it. Exactly. And But yeah. oh my god, can the freaking, the, what they did for the honeybee scene, how they changed it and what they did with it just made me so freaking happy. Yeah. I Did you watch Bobby play it? I have not. He's just about there, but I've seen some clips of and stuff about it online, you know, like, different discussion groups and stuff, and it's just so good. It's like, heckin' great, and it's such an yeah. improvement over what it used to be in the past. So, I don't know, how familiar, familiar, familiar are you with, um, really any of the original Final Fantasy VII? Because I don't know if you, it was really your jams, as much as it was Um, mine. I, I was super into it, um... Not initially when it came out, but I didn't have a PlayStation right away okay. when all of those games were happening. But later on, when I got a PlayStation, I got a used copy of Final Fantasy VII at, you know, like, my local video game store. And I would just obsessively play it. I I loved that game so much. Oh, good. So you, you remember the whole initial Honeybee stuff. I do. That was actually, like, one of my favorite things. I thought it was such a, like, a fun, weird little side quest. But definitely in hindsight, not yes. really handled 
in the best possible way. Exactly. But in terms of our, our really solid sensibilities now of, like, handling gender stuff the right way, I think this time they did an amazing job, and I was like, I, oh, my heart was just very full of, like, one of the things, and it's not a spoiler, but one of the characters says, you know, after, because we all know that Cloud dresses like a girl. That's the thing that happens when he yes. gets into, you know, the mansion. But, yes. um... The, one of the, the things that one of the characters says after he's, you know, changed it in his outfit, and, and it seems like there's a lot of outfit combinations that you can get, which I'm really excited about replaying this game now. Yeah, being a completionist, anything that gives you more options is always good. Oh, I know. Um, but I, and I forget the actual quote, I probably should have looked it up like a professional, but I didn't. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, you know, Cloud, you know, your, your gender has nothing to do with how, like, fabulous you're allowed to look and, and what you're allowed to be. And I was like, ah, oh, my heart. Like, as, yeah. as someone who is, like, really just, like, fuck it to gender, I was like, man, that's a really solid message. And it's, you know, just, man, thank you. Good job. It's nice to see that they made an effort to sort of update the message to be more on, on message for, you know, the way that all good people live today. Right. You know, like, exactly. gender is fluid. Gender doesn't have to mean any one thing. There's any number of ways that people define themselves. And, like, any way that you feel comfortable in your skin and it makes you feel better about being alive, like, Fucking that's awesome. It. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And live your, you know, live whatever makes you happy and, and makes you feel like you're yourself. You know? You Absolutely. Shouldn't, shouldn't have to, like, pretend to be anything for anyone. Absolutely. But, man, that original, like stuff looking back at it I'm like <laughs> it's a little cringeworthy a little for cringy. sure it's a little cringy the way they handled like you know the the bodybuilders and the you know the guy in the alleyway you have to a get lot of a lot of that 90s stuff is pretty cringeworthy right. in hindsight like Bobby and I talk about that sometimes when we're like re-watching old movies or old shows and we're just like wow you could not make this today yeah <laughs> just like oof oof that's a bad look that's a bad yeah. look right now, and I, I would not want to be a part of that. Yeah. Oof. But yeah, man, that honeybee scene gave me life, and the Final Fantasy VII remake has been giving me all kinds of happy feels. And, yeah. and really And big old sad feels, which, again, no spoilers, but oh my god. The, yeah. The, the extra development of the characters is re really, like, hits you hard. Yeah. It really hits you hard. But they did such a good job. I was kind of worried about, especially with the female characters, them, like, becoming kind of tropey. But they really... Right. They really haven't. And um, I really have liked all of the characters in general so far. So I'm like... I was super psyched with what they did with Jessie. Like, yes. she's just a badass, you know? She's really cool. I like that she's kind of, you know, she'll just, you know, she'll flirt with anyone because that's, like, who she is. And she... You know, that's her character, and she's, like, not specifically trying to, like... She's just enjoying everything about her life. It's just, like, a fun little tool in her arsenal to, like, disarm people and kind of, like, you know, mix it up or make people laugh or make people feel, you know, surprised or uncomfortable. Like, right? she she's kind of... very relatable in the sense that she is, like, trying to keep people off balance from, yes. like, understanding who she is. Like, she clearly does not want anyone to feel bad for her or to feel like, you know, to feel like there's something wrong with her. It, exactly. Yeah, it's it's very much like a deflection 
of, you know, like, don't pay too much attention to me. This is totally fine. Flirt, flirt. Right. Exactly. Which getting, and, and man, the stuff that they did with their backstory, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I think they've been doing a really, really good job. Yes. But um, outside of, you had a really good idea. So we've been doing um, our kind of random thing that we dislike during the week, you know, just so to get our negative energy out on a thing that, you know, we can just kind of like totally razz on and have fun with it. And you had a really awesome idea to like pick a character in some kind of media that you love that you hate that character from. Yeah. Which, of course, because I've been all into Final Fantasy, if you don't mind me going first on this one. No, absolutely. Okay. Since I've been so into Final Fantasy, I've been thinking about a lot of Final Fantasy characters and like kind of what some of the female characters kind of suffer from. Like I was saying, they did a great job with you know, the Seven remake with keeping, you know, the female characters not being tropey and not being just a trash throwaway character. Right. But I loved Final Fantasy fifteen. I don't know if you played it at all or saw any of it at all. I didn't play it, no. I I saw, you know, ads and little videos for it, but it's not a game that, that I had gotten to play. Yeah. It, well, it was obviously, I mean, obviously it holds a place because I've, I've always been a big Final Fantasy person. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, they're great, and uh, this was kind of the lead-up to how we got the Seven remake, which is pretty cool. Oh, rad! Yeah, that's why the uh, the battle system is very much like um, a combination of like your your classic, you know, active time battle and the battle system that they had in Fifteen. Okay. If 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 anything, it's like it's like Fifteen was like an extended demo for <laughs> for Final Fantasy Seven, <laughs> but with boys and cars. And I love all the characters so much, especially, like, the main four guys that you have. You, you really get their relationship, and it's, it's very much... That whole game is very much just a, a study on, on these four friends and how they grow together and how they're different from each other, but they always support each other. And it's, it's very sweet, and it's, and it's a really emotional, like, genuine storyline. Yeah. But there is the... The female characters in that game, I feel, in general, pretty much suffer. First of all, the Sid, and they could have done so much with her, but the Sid, um, you know, character is a girl, which I was like, fucking great. Yes, make the girl the cool mechanic-y, you know, no yeah. about vehicle stuff. And, I mean, obviously they over-sexualize her, because that's what Final Fantasy games do. <laughs> right. You can't be a woman and have a skill without also being super sexy. Exactly. But <laughs> they named her Cindy? No, they named her Cindy. And I was like, you could have named her Sydney. Sydney is a girl's name. You could have called her Sid. Why, why would you do this to me? <laughs> right. Right. But she's not even the character that I'm talking about. She's probably one of the better female characters in, I think, uh, okay. 15. The character of Luna who is meant to be, um, basically, Noctis is the main character that you play as, and he's, like, the, the crown prince of this, you know, kingdom. And he's basically meant to, like, marry Luna at some point, but they've known each other for a long time, and they do genuinely have, like, a love there. But I feel like her character, well, A, her name is very close to Yuna, which is incredibly appropriate from Final Fantasy X, because she's basically kind of a Yuna clone. Uh, okay. <laughs> she's like, you know, the this everything, I will sacrifice everything, and I am a young person, but I'm willing to sacrifice my entire life for a cause that I don't completely understand kind of character. Okay. 
she's just clearly very underdeveloped. Like, you don't get the same development out of this character. She doesn't get a lot of screen time, but she's just not as developed. Like, I think you're supposed to care a lot more for her and a lot more for what happens to her in the story and for, like, the relationship that she has with Noctis, but it really just doesn't feel like a lot of anything because you don't, you know, she's she's just, like, a very copy-paste character, which I feel like a lot of kind of RPGs suffer from. They do, like, I think in an effort to make you feel like you can insert yourself in, they keep them very one-dimensional. Right. But it, it, I feel like that negates their intention to make you care more because you're not getting anything to invest in. Right. And they kind of develop her a little bit in, um, they, they put out in a, a short, like, anime series, I forget how many episodes it was, for the Final Fantasy fifteen that kind of covers them as children a little bit more. Okay. But, like, I don't want to have to watch extra medium, and which I did, but I don't want to have to watch extra medium to understand the character in this game, you know what I mean? Right, it's, you shouldn't have to play the DLC to get the main storyline. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then I'm just like, man, it, I feel like it's a lot of people that go to themselves, oh, I don't know how to write for this female character. But it's like, dude, just just write for a character, decide what their needs and wants are and how they identify as a human being and what their goals are, and just say that, hey, oh, by the way, this person identifies as a female. Right. The mistake is to lead with the gender when you should really be leading with their motivation. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a shame. That game kind of suffers from, outside of the main core, it suffers from a lot of, like, kind of characters who are not super developed because a lot of stuff happened with their, um, the development of that game and, like, you know, the, uh, the game engine. I remember stuff happened where they had to, something happened with the game engine. I can't remember if they completely had to change or what. Some kind of, you know, Sony big company nonsense. Yeah, some 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 kind of nonsense. Yeah, but it just kind of bummed me out that I was like, man, it, this could have been a really cool character, and I and I loved so much of that game, but some of the character development just kind of falls super flat. And I think they learned their lesson and, and brought it kind of maybe those lessons over into Final Fantasy VII remake. I think maybe they worked out their growing pains and yeah, you know. Bigger and better things are on the horizon. It seems like they're doing a good job now, so so I can, you know, say that maybe it taught them a lesson. <laughs> let's hope so. <laughs> yeah, you know, I hope so. Let's let's hope that something weird doesn't happen in the middle of the Final Fantasy VII remake, but I'm, I'm The too... last thing we need are, like, more tropey female characters. Like, we don't need Yuffie to come in and, you know, get a boob job or I something. know, oh my god, please. <laughs> just keep her her pure, her pure crazy self. Her Please. pure thieving ninja self. I know, right? Just keep her, <laughs> keep her the same. Keep her the same, please. <laughs> Poor girl. So, since you brought up this wonderful topic, I want you to discuss the character you dislike because I'm, I'm excited about this one. All right. Well, to to lead it off, I I actually I made a fairly large list initially, which I think will serve us well in the long run because I can you know refer back to it and you know, bring stuff in in future, future episodes. Um, but I decided nice. to go with my first instinct, which is a character from one of my favorite books of all time, the title character, in fact, <laughs> and I hate her so much <laughs> that it fills me with rage. So much rage. Um, 
I'm I'm talking about the book Emma by my beloved Jane Austen. She's a good good lady. Um, I love Jane Austen. Um, yep. She's always been one of my comfort reads, and Emma is such a great story, and I've reread it numerous times. I've watched a bunch of, you know, the TV productions and the miniseries and the movies, and I love them all, but I always hate Emma Woodhouse. <laughs> Emma Woodhouse is a stereotypical rich white society woman who thinks she knows best for everyone simply because she's always been catered to and told how great she is. Right. And she doesn't do it with any malice. She just doesn't know any better, which honestly makes it worse for me. Because yeah. if she were a legitimate villain who was, you know, sitting in her, you know, mansion, tenting her fingers, plotting the downfall of her right. dear friend Harriet's happiness, <laughs> I could get behind a, that. A Persian cat on her lap. Exactly, stroking gently. gently. I love a good villain, but I I hate people who ruin things because they think they know better than everyone else. That's like my least favorite. Yeah, that's fair. And I feel feel like that's a common kind of character trope for that time period too, you know? It very much is because, you know, the the class separation of, of people in that time, rich people had more say, they had more power, which I mean, they still do today. Um, to, you know, a certain degree, and you can definitely see in the news today that rich people think they know best, um, where, like, you know, you're, if you were a single woman who was not of good fortune, you were kind of shit out of luck, and you had to depend on the kindness of people in better positions, so, just, you have these characters with, like, every advantage, and instead of trying to help people achieve the things that they want to achieve for themselves, they sort of impart what they think they should strive for. So in the book Emma, she has a friend Harriet, who is an orphan who was brought up by a woman, not her mother. So she is of dubious parentage. And Emma tries to find her a good situation. And just a series of calamitous attempts to hook her up with just, like, the shittiest dudes. <laughs> it's almost like just the like, original version of, like, a shitty rom-com from, like, the 90s. <laughs> oh, it totally is. It totally is. The OG. Like, um, that's actually, Clueless is a modern-day retelling of Emma. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Clueless. And the character of Cher is the the modern-day Emma Woodhouse. Right. And I But it's still... There is a redemption in the end where, you know, they sort of, not necessarily better themselves, but they sort of realize that maybe they were wrong, which is better than a lot of characters from that time. So there is a sort of redemption for Emma where she realizes she was like, oh, I was really wrong and this was super dumb and I'm sorry and maybe, maybe please don't think I'm shitty. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe please don't. But... Yeah, every time I read the book, right up until maybe, like, the last quarter, I just, I have such a hard time with her character, because she just steamrolls everyone else's wants and desires, because she knows best. Right. And it leads to a lot of people being very unhappy for a good portion of the book, and she almost ruins her supposed best friend Harriet's life by, you know telling her not to accept the marriage proposal of this man that she loves 
simply because he's a farmer. Right. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a little unpalatable, but it's still one of my favorite books. So, right. Emma Woodhouse, yeah. fuck you forever. Fuck, fuck Emma Woodhouse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like we kind of went, went in a similar direction of picking people that it's just like, you know, they're not terrible characters, per se. They're just like, you know, really underdeveloped human beings. Yes, absolutely. She's just very underdeveloped. I mean, not necessarily through any fault of her, fault of her own, just circumstances and situation have allowed her to develop this very strong sense of self, but without having any actual basis for those opinions and beliefs. Right. So, yeah. it's just, yeah. It, yeah. Poor character development, but still a great book. Right. Still one of my favorites. So, so Sheena, you want to talk about uh, your crush of the week? Oh, do I? I want you to start this one because, yeah. I, I definitely do. Um, my crush of the week is the talented and beautiful Wes Chatham as my favorite character, Amos Burton, on The Expanse. I haven't um, watched The Expanse, so I need to. It's such a good... It has everything I love about sci-fi. Um, it's based on the book series by James S. and A. Corey, um, and it takes place in a future where essentially humanity has colonized the solar system. Right. Um, the three largest powers are the United Nations of Earth and Luna, the Martian Congressional Republic, and the Outer Planets Alliance, which are kind of, they're known as the OPA, and they're basically like the thugs of the, the universe. <laughs> they're just, they're sort of, they're made up of a lot of, you know, like, laborers and sort of blue-collar folk who are just sort of like busting their ass to make it. Well, you know, the fat cats on Earth and Luna sort of profit from their labors. So, they're sort of, I don't know, they kind of, like, they have, like, a very IRA vibe. Like, they're just, you know. Okay, I did I did make the initial, like, like uh, inference to, to uh, be down with OPP, I, you know me. So, that's, yeah. that's how I'll remember that the OPA <laughs> is. <laughs> yes. So, I'm just gonna send you a couple pictures of my boy Amos before oh, I get yeah. started. Yeah. So that you can yes. kind of get a vibe on him. Oh, please do. Um, Oh, he's a handsome boy. He is. He is a handsome, oh, handsome boy. What a handsome um, man! A handsome man who can rock the beard. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, the first season, us. he's he's got a little bit of a a clean face, but by the second season, he's got that full majestic beard, which we both know I love. Yes. Um, so Amos, he's a crew member on the ship the Rasinante, and uh, he sort of functions as general muscle and enforcement. Uh, he's originally from Earth. And the core of his character is that he's a survivor. He had a really rough past that he very rarely speaks of. He doesn't talk about himself a lot. He keeps it pretty close to his chest. Um, he, he chose but, the survivor when he played Mass Effect, the original Mass Effect. That was his background. Got it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he, he will do whatever is necessary to keep himself and the people that he allies himself with alive. Um, he... He had a rough past, but it's made him capable to do whatever the situation calls for. He has no problems with violent solutions if that's going to get him where he needs to be the fastest. Okay. Um, I love him because at first glance, you just think he's this beefy boy who's just going to, you know, bash his way through everything, which in some parts he is for sure, but he's so much more complicated than you first see. Um you can't really call him good or bad. 
Like, he's capable of horrible acts, but he recognizes the good in others, and he tries to surround himself with people that kind of temper his basest instincts. Like, he knows that he's capable of being a really bad person, but that's not necessarily what he wants. So he tries to ally himself with people who will bring out the best in him and utilize his violence for good. That's good. So he kind of sees himself as like a weapon that he will let others use right, that to, needs to be controlled. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he's super loyal, and his ferocity really shows when his allies are threatened. And he has this great quote that says, The way I see it, there's only three kinds of people in this world. Bad ones, ones you follow, and the ones you need to protect. And that pretty much sums up Amos. Like, okay. he's just, it's cool to see his character develop and the layers unfold. Like, he stops at nothing to protect his friends, regardless of what it takes. There's no morality, there's only survival. Okay. And it's almost like, it's almost like he's like a cha truly neutral or chaotic neutral character, but he surrounds himself with like lawful and neutral good, good people right. to kind of tip the balance. Right. So, so speaking. And, <laughs> yeah, like he's just, I love him. Everyone should watch the show, everyone should read the books, everyone should drool over my space husband, Amos Burton. I do love the pictures <laughs> you sent me because you t sent me two very sultry, sexy pictures. And in the center, in the direct center, is one picture of him making crazy eyes. And it's kind of... <laughs> That's from one of my favorite scenes. He... There's there's a villain character that shows up in the second season. No spoilers. But Amos won't touch him. Because he knows that his friends don't want him to fight. So he's talking to the guy. And the guy threatens him. So Amos says, is that a threat? You should just do it. And I, I see that's those eyes. right after the guy punches Amos, and that's Amos being so excited that now he can hit him. I was gonna say, it's just a look of, like, <laughs> pure joy over something horrifying. And yes! <laughs> it's, it's really great. It's a really good image. It's solid, solid acting, I would imagine. Yeah, I'll, I'll post it on our socials later so everyone can see Please see what you're talking about. But yeah, it, he's he's such a great character. He's such a good boy. He's... He's my chaotic neutral space husband. Yay! <laughs> Speaking of like D and D alignments, we'll get into my my crush of the week after we we go into um, our D and D character segment. The D and D yeah. Soda. I'm real excited for this one. Me I, too. I'm so it's first of all congratulations to Good Omens and having its thirtieth anniversary, which is crazy. Yay! I can't believe that this book has been around since I was eight. I That's know. insane. I know. Like, I mean, I was, I was like two. Yeah, I was. It was <laughs> I think how old I was for a minute. Um, but and Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, just freaking pioneers of the genre, and I love them so much. Absolutely, such good beans. Right, and freaking, I love the characters of Crowley and Aziraphale. Yes, we're, we're doing a two for this time. Twofer! But they're basically, like, two halves of the same whole when you really think about it. They really are. There, there couldn't be one without the other. So. Exactly. Yeah. So let's start, let's pretend like we're actually making these characters and start with, okay. like, race, right? Okay. As much as I was thinking, like, a tiefling for a zero fail, I was like, eh, it doesn't really, I mean, the charisma bo 
Yeah. The uh, charisma bonus is nice, but I feel like it would be even cooler if it was like Aziraphale is a high elf and uh, Crowley is a drow. Oh, I could see that for sure. They both kind of have, elves still have that big like whole charisma kind of attitude and high elves kind of are very smart, but not necessarily, you know, up to date with how, you know, other races kind of function. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little a little antiquated in their notions. Yes. Exactly. And and Drow just I think, you know, they get they get a they get a charisma bonus, which I feel like anything involving charisma is perfect for Crowley. Absolutely. Yeah, he is he is a charming motherfucker. And by the way, I'm gonna go in between saying Crowley and Crowley like a ton. <laughs> oh, that's fine. You do you. I support your choices. <laughs> Man, when you're a kid and you read things, and then you're like, oh, this is a British thing, and, and it shouldn't sound like that. It's very hard to get yourself out of. Oh, totally. Well, I, I am of the firm mind that if someone is using a word correctly but pronouncing it wrong, it's because they read it, and you should never make fun of someone for reading. So. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, however anyone wants to pronounce anything, I'm, I'm cool with. Yeah, it's fine. Especially having, I mean, having been an English teacher in Japan, I can say that, you know, I'm just happy that you're trying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I had the initial same idea about Crowley as you for Tiefling, but then I kind of dug a little deeper and I thought it might even be cool if he were a Genasi. Oh, um, yo. Because they have that, they're super impatient, but they're really smart. They have that, like, volatile mood that can just switch at the drop of a hat. And they can mm. get super, you know, crazy intense. Um, and also, they've got, they've got that fiery red hair. Yes, for so, the fire Nazi. Oh, that would be sweet, actually. Yeah, like, if we were a fire Nazi, like, I thought that might be kind of cool because of, like, you know, the hell demon thing. Yeah, except the whole hell demon thing. You know, you know the the demon from hell, as opposed to you know the demon from uh, from you know Wonkaville. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, I mean, I feel like Crowley has to be a warlock, right? Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I, there was no question in my mind. I said definitely, definitely warlock. He has to be. Like right? that's just like the that's main the way question it is. Is what would his patron be? Because yeah, yeah. you can do like patrons and those are very because i mean obviously those are super relating to like hell very directly right but like man the archfey stuff is really cool too and feels like it's more of his character of sort of being you know deceptive and beguiling right. not necessarily right. just outright fighting which is kind of more of the theme side of things right because like i almost feel like you know he's not he's not gonna go out of his way to fuck shit up Exactly. Like, he doesn't want to inconvenience himself <laughs> to do a thing. Exactly. So. Exactly. He's just kind of like, you know, I, I don't want to physically fight a thing. That would, like, no. require me expending my energy and shit. Mm. He doesn't want to mess up his fine. Like, he doesn't want to dirty his hands exactly. physically. Exactly. sweet, sweet hair, those sweet, sweet glasses. The good clothes, the nice car, you right. know. The glasses that he doesn't even have to wear, but he's just deciding to be extra and wants to be, you know, fucking Crowley. <laughs> yeah. The but, most oh, extra. <laughs> I was thinking the most extra. His, you know how, like, all the, um, they get, like, their little pack boons? Yeah. Like, you can get, like, um, the, I was thinking of him having, like, the pact of the tome. 
where you're, you get oh, a little, okay. you know, you get a, a book, uh, a book that basically is like a grimoire and you can, you know, kind of have different kinds of, what is it? I gotta look at it again. I'm looking at the book right now. Yeah, you get to choose three cantrips from like any spell list, which is super cool. But instead of having a book, if it was just his glasses, yeah. Oh, that that's cool. cool. He that's always got his glasses on. I like that. So sweet shade. But I, I mean, and now I'm like, the more that I was looking into doing it, I was like, oh, I really want to make a warlock now, and I want it to be based off of Crowley. <laughs> well, that's what happened to me when I was doing research. I was on D and D Beyond, and um, you know, I just started kind of making a little fakey character sheet, and then. Like, 15 minutes in, I realized I was actually making a character, and I was like, oh, right. shit, I'm not supposed to be doing this right now. <laughs> Shout out to d Beyond for, like, making it so easy and fun to just make a character. Yeah, they're they're so cool and so accessible. I Yeah, it's, it's really amazing, especially thinking back to, like, how things were when I was in high school, even, to, like, have a tool like that at your disposal to just roll a character whenever. Right, if only, if only I had something that, like that, just the whole time. Right? It's so freaking handy to not have to, like, flip through. Like, even now, my freaking, my player's handbook has just, like, little post-it notes that I've, I've put on pretty much every page of this freaking Every page. Yeah, mine is full of post-its, too. Yeah. Like, why would I even, what, what is even the point? I'm, I'm trying to, like, color coordinate my post-it notes so I know what the hell I'm talking about, but that's not helping. <laughs> I also thought for a zero fail, like, it might be kind of cool if you were an Asimar. That's really cool, you know, too. Yeah, because I was kind of, I, I kind of forgot about them until I was poking around, and then I was like, oh, wait, they're, like, they're legit descendants of Celestial Bean. So that's kind of, that's a cool idea. Like, you would have to be a scrawny little ASMR. That could be a cool thing. Yeah, just, just like a little, a little smidgy baby. Right? Like, nobody, nobody believes he's an ASMR because he's a tiny, tiny little pudgy thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just eating no. scones. You, you bookish little man, you. No. Not you. Not you, sir. What were you thinking about for, um, for his, uh, class for Aziraphale? Um, I thought maybe a cleric, just because right. they kind of, they're the communicators between the mortal world and the plane of the gods, and he's always doing those little miracles. Yeah. So, um... And he could be, like, a ritual caster because he loves books, so he could, you know, refer to his tomes to kind of come up with new things and, you know, learn learn new little miracles, as yeah. it were. Um, and, I don't know, like, it, it could go a couple of other ways, but I just felt like he has definite healer vibes. Like, he kind of just wants to take care of people and make sure they're okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I feel the same. I feel like you have to get Cleric in there somewhere. But yeah. I was really thinking that dual classing with him would be a really cool idea. Yeah. Because I'd love to get some wizard in there. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. I feel like wizard That'd be awesome. is just like, especially with, you just have to have, you have to constantly be, you know, searching for knowledge as a wizard. Yes. Like, you're always looking for spells, and that is a very, you know, obviously the man has a bookstore. Right. You know, it's like, <laughs> he's obsessed with books. Yes. And you can, like, you get prestige or spells at max level with wizards, so I was, like, even debating, like, what if he's just a wizard? But I feel like he has to have some cleric in there. It's just, I know it's, like, kind of, it, it just feels like it needs to be part of that character in some way. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you on that. I feel like there's definite, the cleric vibes are too strong for him, that yeah. there has to be something, so. Yeah, exactly, and just, you know, who these characters are is just, like, they have to, at some point, be, you know, the trope of what they are, you know. Right, the demon right. The and the angel, you know, it's, it's, it's Because essentially, it. like, it is, as much as, like, my Tolkien loving heart hates to say it, like, it is allegory, it is good and evil, literally, so. Yeah, it, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It has to be. It has to be at some point. We could do some divination stuff. That would be chill. Yeah, yeah, divination would be cool. That'd be cool for him, I think. But yeah, I think I think that 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 would be the only thing that I would say he would might need to multiclass. But I feel like I feel like definitely having cleric vibes and definitely yeah. having the warlock version of Crowley. I can't. My mind cannot see him. as I a can't warlock. unsee him as a warlock. <laughs> right? Like it's just I can't. He is. He is a warlock. That's just yeah. Him. It's a charismatic spellcasty man. Yes, that's him. Yeah, it's fine. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now, I wanna, now I gotta play a warlock. Oh, but what about their alignments? Um, I see Crowley as neutral evil. I would agree um, completely. Yeah, like he's he's kind of selfish. You know, like he's not he's, he's not gonna do evil just to do evil if right. it messes up his day. He just like, wants to be in it for himself. He could even like kind of bump into sometimes being just neutral like true neutral sometimes yeah definitely like he's he's a self-serving enough character where that would totally work too like he doesn't want the world to end because he likes driving nice cars yeah and like drinking and eating food you know like a sweet gig here why would i want that to be over with right right like it's not all about like saving the earth and humanity he just wants to hang out so right which is big relatable Honestly, it's like this is where I keep all my stuff, and hell is awful. So hell is a terrible. (laughs) I don't want to live there. Come on, right? Like he's he's all about like keeping his comfortable lifestyle that he's become accustomed to from all of these millennia on Earth. So it's about maintaining the what what he likes and his status quo. So I feel like neutral, neutral evil for sure. Yeah, because he's also totally okay with ruining other people's shit to make sure he's cool. Oh, yeah, he doesn't, right. he doesn't care. I mean, Everyone like, he likes fail, but, he does not care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which, Aziraphale, I gotta, I gotta go with probably, like, a chaotic good, honestly. I would say so, yeah. I mean, I think, I think he strived for a while to be lawful good. Yeah. But, but there was too much gray area for him to be comfortable with. Right. So... Yeah, I would I would say chaotic good because if he were lawful good, he would not be helping Crowley. No, not at all, and he wouldn't and have he questioned would, any orders that he you know yeah. ever had to do anything. He wouldn't be subverting Gabriel's mission to bring about the apocalypse. Yeah, that you know, there's happen. that little so. <laughs> there's that little you know bump in the road there. But yeah, he's he's just he's he just wants to do as much good as he can, no matter how he has to do it. He's just a good boy who likes the books. A good gentle being, yeah. Right? want to play these characters because <laughs> just throw them there's got to be like a scenario that you could just throw the characters of Crowley and Aerophil in and just kind of like see see how they do God, well that's the great the thing about D&D it's, it's so customizable I'm sure we could totally come up with a campaign where those would be playable characters I want to do that <laughs> forget <laughs> everything else in the universe let's make a good omens campaign <laughs> Absolutely. That's what need, that's what the world needs right now. So so other than shouting out oh and um 
gosh, I completely forgot my crush, and I'm going to probably have to, like, edit this in front of the freaking... Um, Don't forget your crush, I Amy. I can't forget my crush because we just talked about one of the characters he played. We'll talk about David Tennant. Oh, David Tennant, he's a good in. Right? He's a good in, and I, like, I got into him the first, probably like, my first exposure to him was him as the Doctor, which I think is a lot oh, of people's in. So good. My favorite Doctor. Like, like very, very close. Mm, he might be, he's kind of in a tie with Tom Baker for me. That's high praise for you. Yeah. It's, it really is, because Tom Baker, I think, is, like, one of the best Doctors, and I really wish that he had the special effects that they've had in later years, because... Agreed. He just feels... That man, Tom Baker, feels like an alien. <laughs> he really does. He's he great. really, really does. He's such a weirdo, and I love him, but he is, like... He, he just, like, embodied that being of the Doctor. But, man, David Tennant... I think him as the Doctor, he got a lot of, um, a lot of his early episodes felt very, uh, very Douglas Adams-y, even though Douglas Adams wrote for a lot of the Tom Baker episodes. Yes. I, I agree. I agree. There were a couple of references. He was in, you know, in his, uh, his nightgown, and there was an, uh, uh, an orange in his pocket, which is, you know, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. But, yeah, um, and... Just, just some of his turns of phrases where he's like, it's a fighting hand. Right, you it's know. a fighting hand. <laughs> it's just, he's just very good. He's just very good. And, and pretty much everything that he's done so far, I've been just a big fan of, you know. He's, he's just, he's a good bean, like we said. He's a funny bean. He um, is wildly talented, so versatile. Yeah, yeah. He's, I, I've seen, I love his Hamlet. Oh, yeah. Dr. Hamlet, as I like to call it. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, it's, it's, I forget what year it was, but it's the Royal Shakespeare Company. It's like a very modern version of Hamlet with like a very kind of minimalist style to it. And it's, it's like, yeah, here, here he is as the doctor in this wonderful, silly alien character, but also here he is as Hamlet, like just totally rocking the show. Yeah, he, he has so, so many layers to yes, everything like, that he does. Like, like an onion, to quote Shrek. Like an onion. He's like an ogre and an onion. With <laughs> <laughs> so many layers. In the best possible way. Yes, in a very good way. He's been oh god, he's um he's in the new DuckTales too, right? He's um he's he Scrooge is, McDuck. Yeah. Totally he is forgot. Scrooge McDuck in the I, new DuckTales. I forget that he's Scottish sometimes. <laughs> it's very easy to forget because so much of the stuff we see him in, he's not using his native accent. Right? So it's easy to kind of be like, oh, wait, he's fucking Scottish. Right? It's a very Hugh Laurie situation where it's like, oh, oh, I forgot that you were not, you know, a sassy American doctor and that you're a British person. It's like, oh, that's right. I forgot that you were a sassy Scotsman. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> actor. Oops, I'm an actor. <laughs> Oopsie poopsie. I done fooled you again. Did but, you see um Broadchurch? He's really good I in that as well. I watch Broadchurch. That's the one that I've been really meaning to watch him in. It's it's fucking dire as shit, but it's so good. Right. And everyone in it is really awesome. It's a very dark show and it's definitely a hard watch, but his performance in it is staggering. Yeah, he's just really killer at knocking it out of the park. And he does that as Crowley. The reason we kind of thought of Crowley and Aziraphale and uh, me getting into David Tennant as my crush of the week was we, um, I shared with you the, uh, 
the Good Omens 30 thing where it's it's Crowley and Aziraphale talking to each other on the phone, and it's the best thing. It was so cute. It was just, like, sweet and adorable, and it just, I don't know, it makes you feel nicer to be like, oh, Crowley and Aziraphale, they're social distancing, too. This is cool. I love that they have their <laughs> own little reasons for social distancing as well. Whereas Aziraphale's yeah. like, yeah, you know, I'm trying to be the good guy. I'm trying to inspire the good in the world and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Crowley's like, yeah, I can't really be bothered. <laughs> I just I just yeah. don't want to, like, get out of the house. So I'm just going to, like, I'm going to set my alarm for, like, July and we'll see where we go from there. I'm just going to take a nap. Like, oh, <laughs> big mood, buddy. Big mood. And I, I love... I love David Tennant as Crowley because he's, even in just the style that he walks, Yes, he makes that character feel so, like, I don't give a fuck about gender, I don't give a fuck about anything. Yes. And I just... He injects so much life into every role that he plays, and, like, Crowley especially, like, he's just, he's, it was brilliant because he, he does play it very fluidly, and... I mean, if we're going back to theology, like, angels are genderless, so... Right. It's really nice to kind of, like, see that displayed in everything about this character who just does not give a fuck about anything. The swagger. Oh, the swagger is so good. It's like, oh, sir, please, I can't. I can't handle that swagger. Put on them pointy shoes and walk right into my heart, sir. because those (laughs) hips do not lie. (laughs) Much like Shakira, those hips do not lie. <laughs> but yeah, oh, I, that's that's my crush of the week, David Tennant. He's a good one. He's, he's a very good one. He's been a good one for a long time, and also his um his little thing that he did with the proclaimers, "I would walk five hundred miles with all the people on the Doctor Who cast," and just him them like singing and being adorable. So good. That's that that was a solid that was a solid point of his career, definitely. Oh <laughs> hell yeah, the top. Just keeps topping himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah. We are already, I can't believe we're already winding down on an hour here. I know, it's, it's not wild. Like we've been talking for that long. <laughs> no, definitely not. Which is like the really awesome thing about this. I'm, I'm so happy that people are like actually listening to this at time of, at time of speaking. Like the, the first episode is up and like that anyone is listening to it is like, baffling to me (laughs) it's it's so incredibly i like i don't want to say it's shocking to me because that sounds very self-deprecating yeah but it it really is it's just it's so it's so flattering and it means so much that anyone would want to like spend an hour with us you know it it's nice right and we really appreciate it it's so appreciated and if you're listening again uh, after listening to the first episode like holy shit thank you so much Thanks. Welcome back, new friends. Right. Welcome back, new friends. And if you're, if this is your first episode, fuck you. Why didn't you listen to the first one? Um, just kidding. Uh, thank you. So happy to have you. Probably shouldn't have led with that that joke, but you know, so happy to have you. Go listen to the first episode where we're slightly worse than this episode, but still the same nerds. Slightly, slightly worse nerds. Slightly worse nerds. That's my glowing, that, that'll be, if this was a book, that would be, like, the first, first quote on the back. Slightly yeah, it's worse. totally only gonna get better, I feel like, now that we've kind of got, like, a rhythm and a better idea of what we're, we're trying to put out there, so. Yes, 
and as I said, I'm on like allergy medication now, so I'm like so much better than I was last week. My my just brain function, yay, <laughs> helps a lot. Take your meds, kids. Yeah. You were a robot, but you're better now. I was a robot. That's pretty exciting. <gasps> I've been waiting on my robot body. I've been waiting to ghost in the shell this shit for oh years my now. God, right? <laughs> when is that gonna happen? Forget Back to the Future. You know, wait, where's my flying cars? Where's my Ghost in the Shell robot body? God yeah. damn it! Fuck a hoverboard. Give me a sleeve. <laughs> right? Give me freaking Gundams. Give me God. Our our anime had it so much better than eighties movies in terms of like cool stuff in the future. I'm saying, yeah. Right? Like, ooh, uh, I don't know, a uh, skateboard in the sky. Yeah. Well, what about a fucking big o ass giant robot? Huh? Man. Like, yeah, cool, flying car, but, you know, what about a tank with the voice of a child? Right? Oh, my God. <laughs> Japan had it so much better. Yeah, their their visions of the future kind of have a leg up. <laughs> they really do, man. They really do. Talk about anime. Anime? Anime forever. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff out there. <laughs> but we're not, we're not here to shout out anime because there's too much anime. We're too here much. to shout out random thing. Shannon, what is your shout-out for the week? Um, for this week, I would like to shout-out one of my friends. Um, his name is Kyle, and he's been making some really cool, instrumental, like, chill, ethereal, weird beats um, nice. under the name of Dancing Blue. Um, D-A-N-C-I-N-G-B-L-U-E. And it's up on Bandcamp and Spotify. And it's just, it's really great to put on while you're painting or reading or anything. It's just, it's super cool instrumental stuff, and Kyle's very talented. So I just wanted to pimp that out for a second. Yay, that's totally sweet. That's awesome. And um, I would like to shout out, um, uh, I was going to originally have a different one, but because the uh, the cre- one of the creators had their birthday and was like, hey, you know what you can do for my birthday? Shout out our podcast. Um, is and I've talked about this a little bit to you, is Chiluminati. Oh, yeah, you've mentioned before. Yeah, the spelling on that, I believe, if I'm getting it right, is C-H-I-L-L-U-M-I-N-A-T-I. Chill Illuminati, as it were. Nice. You know, and um, it's a couple of YouTubers who have been my favorite YouTubers, like, for, for a long time. I've, they've, they're seasoned, you know, talky people. In, uh, let's see if I can remember all of their names. Jesse Cox, <laughs> Alex Bassiani, and the guy whose birthday it is, who is, I believe, the main person behind the, uh, the podcast, Mike Martin. Uh, they're all, they are, the three of them are really cool dudes. They kind of each have a position in this podcast that is like, it's a podcast about, you know, weird shit and spooky shit. I love that. For sure. Yeah, right now they're covering Skinwalker Ranch, which is super fun. I don't know, um, I don't know how familiar you are with any of the Skinwalker Ranch stuff, Shannon. I, in my head, I'm envisioning, like, George Lucas's ranch, but with zombies. <laughs> That's basically, I mean, oh, it's okay. basically, it's, it's, it's Skywalker Ranch, but with, you know, shape-shifting, uh, people who turn into, like, dogs and terrorize farmers and stuff. It's great. Oh, rad. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they cover a lot of weird spooky shit, and they cover, you know, kind of darker subjects but have a very chill and friendly vibe to it and so it's very like it's not stressful to listen to it sometimes those like true that's crime cool podcasts, I, I like stuff like that yeah sometimes they true crime stuff can get a little bit you know stressful and kind of over the top 
Yeah, sometimes it's a little too much, and you just, you can't really handle that level of uh, grime in your day. Right. But if, like, and, and they even say it in the episode, it's like, um, Mike Martin is basically the Doc Brown, and Jesse Cox is, is, um, fucking, oh god. Marty McFly? Yep, that's the character. My See, is, I got you. I was like, I my brain you. is working better. Yeah, <laughs> Jesse Cox is the Marty McFly, and I don't know who Alex Vassiani is. He's, he's like, our narrator. He's kind of on the, they, they each kind of fulfill role of the, you know, the consummate skeptic, the person who's kind of in the middle ground, but is like totally just on for the ride and is enjoying the fuck out of all of it. And the person who is like, no, but what if this is all true? And it's, it's very <laughs> That's awesome. And it's, it's a lot of fun. So check out Schluminati. Very cool. Happy birthday, Mike Martin. Check out Schluminati. But yeah. Jeez, I guess that's it for us this week, Shannon. Yeah, we... It is. We did pretty good. It's just about an hour. We did it. We te- we heckin' did it. And now I hope we da, don't da, 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 da. That's the <laughs> other best part about the Final Fantasy VII remake, is Barrett just singing the victory music occasionally. Yes! It makes my day every time. I love that I voice actor so, so much. I laughed so hard the first time I heard that. I, I laughed like, so hard. Oh, fucking great. I, I love... <laughs> I love everything about having, finally having voice acting in the in Final Fantasy VII is like, if they had just voice acted the entire original game, I would have been happy. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Never underestimate the power of good voice actors. Exactly. They pretty much make or break a thing, so. <laughs> exactly, and it's, it's so good. It's, all the voice acting is just so on point. But yeah, so that's going to be it for us for this week. Um, If anyone feels so inclined, um, please follow us on our newly established social media. See what kind of weird stuff we post. Yes. And we are, it's like, on Twitter, it's like next underscore nerds. Is is that right? Yeah, next underscore nerds. Okay, yes. I can can probably, I'll I'll pop that information in the the description of the... uh, of the podcast too so that'd be good oh cool good yeah, yeah 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 we'll do that we'll do that i'll totally remember to do that and we'll nail you soon but yep i believe in you <laughs> thanks for believing in me <laughs> believe in me that believes in you <laughs> but yeah uh hope you're all doing good hope you're all staying safe and happy and healthy uh, well, thanks for listening again and you know hopefully you're you're doing cool nerdy stuff and being healthy and living the dream as much as you can. Yes. Tell us about the cool nerdy stuff that you've been doing during your week to get you through. Yeah, leave us comments. Like, if you want to ask questions, please do. So. Yes. I, we love to read stuff, and we love to know that people are enjoying just listening to us be silly. So, thank you. It's incredibly surprising. So, yes. thank you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that anyone wants to listen to us is incredibly surprising. So, <laughs> on that note <laughs> this has been next to nerds i've been amy and i've been shannon and you all have yourself a great week and take care have- and we love you we love you guys have a good week we'll Bye. see you next time see you next time